what you just told us, right? And this is exactly how I feel with uh, the mission that we do in Honduras or the mission that everybody does in Honduras. We can come back over here and tell you everything that is going on over there. But until you don't see it with your own eyes, you can't really experience what is going on over there. It's, it's amazing things are happening over there. Uh, worship, um, everything, everything. You, you, just, you need to experience it for your own. So if you get, have a chance to go, just do it. It will be worth it, I promise. Just close your eyes on the trip front, on the bus over there. and Everything else will be great. All right? Well, I'm really excited today. I'm really, really, really excited. Um, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Job. Open your Bibles to the book of Job. One of the things that I have learned as a Christian is that just when things started to look great and when things started to work out perfectly, that's when Satan attacks the most. I don't know if you have ever experienced that, but it has happened to us. It has happened to my family. It has happened to the church. It has happened to everyone around us. Every time you try to do something good, or every time you do, try to do the right thing for God, and every time things are starting to look, starting to look like, like they're going great, that's when Satan attacks the most. You know, we started this year in the Hispanic group, and everything was working out great. Everything was working perfectly, actually. The, the attendance was going up. We had services with 55 people, almost 60 people, 60-something people. And then out of a sudden, we had a Sunday, and we had 25 people in there. And we started wondering what happened to the rest of the, the members. So me and Paloma, we decided we're going to go this week, and we're going to visit different families, and we're going to try to figure out what is going on, you know? And as we visited every single family, we, we noticed that every one of them was going through a difficult time. Every one of them was going through a problem, a difficult situation. Something was going on in their lives, you know. And, and we need to remember, one of the things that we need to remember is that bad thing happens to good people too. We all have problems. Everyone's going to have to go through difficult times, whether you're part of the church or you're outside of the church or you're, you don't even worship God. Everyone has problems. I've never met a single person that has told me, no, I don't have any problems in my life. So you have to ask yourself, am I going to face this problem with God by my side or not? Because one of the things that we always do every time we, we see that we have problems in our lives is that one of the first things that we do is, we stay away from the church or we stay away from God instead of looking for him even more. So I want, you, I want to read Job, uh, Job chapter 1, the book of Job chapter 1. I want you to read it with me. And I'm going to read a little bit and I'm going to stop real quick and I'm going to try to explain a little bit of what's, what is going on here because you probably already know the story, but let's go into more details with this story, Okay. So the story starts, it says, Job chapter 1, verse 1, In the land of us, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. So the story starts by telling us that Job was a good person. Actually, he was a great person. The story doesn't start telling us that Job was a bad person and that the bad things were going to start to happen to Job because he was a bad person. He was the other way around. He was a great person. He was trying to do good. As a matter of fact, the story tells us that he was the greatest man in the East. So when things happen to us, the first thing that we say is, why? Why is this happening to me? 
You know? Why do I have to go through these? I'm, I'm trying to do good here. I go to church on Sundays. I go to church on Wednesdays. I try to be good. I, I'm trying to be active in church. Why are these things happening to me? Once again, I'll go back to the same thing. Bad things happen to good people too. And you need to remember that. We need to remember that. Bad things happen to good people. So we, we're going to keep reading, okay? Verse 4, he says, His sons used to hold, used to hold feasts and their homes and their birthdays, and they would invite their three, do- their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its, uh, has run its course, jo- Job will make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he will sacrifice a burning offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. So this reminds me of every father or, or, or mother, right? Uh, how many times have you prayed for your kids? How many times have you prayed for your children? Wondering, I don't know if they're doing good or they're not doing good, but I'm going to pray for them. And hopefully, one day, they'll do the right thing. Right? So th- this was Job. This is what the thing that Job would do all the time. He says it was a custom for, uh, for Job. He would do it every single time. Job wasn't just thinking about him. He was thinking about his children too. He's like, I wonder if they ever did something wrong to God. So I'm going to go ahead and, and make a sacrifice for them as well. So I invite you to do the same thing. Every time you have an opportunity, pray for your children. Even if they're already old enough, even, even if they're already young adults or if they already have their own family, pray for them. Pray for them. That's, that's something really good to do. We're going to keep reading, okay? Uh, it's verse 6. One day the angels came to, the pre- to, present, uh, to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From rooming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, Have you not put an edge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flock and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then. Everything he has in, in, is in your powers. But, but on the man himself, the gnaw lay a finger. So the very first thing that I want to remember, remind you with this is that God is always in control. It doesn't matter how difficult things look. It doesn't matter how, how difficult life feels like it's going on. It doesn't even feel, it, sometimes we, do, we even feel that, that we don't find an exit to the problem. But I want you, I want you to remi- remember, God is in control of everything. Sometimes we don't understand why things are happening. Sometimes we don't understand the plan behind everything that is going on. But I want you to trust God and trust the process. Sometimes we always see the small picture, the little picture. But God sees the whole picture. God has a plan for you and God has a plan for, a plan for me. So trust the process, okay? We're going to keep reading. Um, then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord, the end of the, uh, verse 12. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house, a messenger came from Job and said, The, uh, the, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Savians attacked and made, uh, made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So we find the first problem here. We find the first difficult situation that Job has to uh, confront. 
right? It's just like us. Every time when things are starting to look good, somebody comes and tells us a, a, a something bad or somebody comes and tells us some bad news or, or we find ourselves in between a problem. And I want to keep reading on, on verse, uh, verse 16. It says, While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned off the ships and the servants. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So, you know, sometimes we have a problem. Sometimes we're going through difficult times and we're still going through this difficult time and something else comes along the way to make it even worse. And in Spanish and obviously English too, uh, we have a saying that when it, when, it, when it rains, it pours. Right? Hope it means the same thing. <laughs> that it in Spanish. But you're going through a problem and then something else comes along the way. And one of the things that I, want to pay, that I want to pinpoint right here is that, you know, the verse says that God sent a ball of fire from the, from the heavens. We know that's not true. We know it wasn't God. We know who was behind all this. But someone came and told Job, no, it, it, was, it was God. God sent it from the heavens. We know it was him. So every time we're going through a difficult situation, the first thing that we say, the first thing that we do, why God? Why me? The first thing that we do is we blame God for whatever is going on. For whatever is happening, we blame Him right away. Why? And uh, I remember one time I told a minister this. I said, why is this happening to me? Why? And he answered me with, with, with two words. He said, why not? You know? Every, every, time I, every, every time I go and ask, why? Why is this happening to me? Why not? If you read the Bible, if you actually read it, every single man of God went through difficult times, including Jesus Christ. We all remember what happened to him because of us. So why would I have to experience a special treatment and ask, my, ask the question, why, am, why, am I have to, why do I have to go through this? Why not? Why not? Why do we blame God for everything that's going on? Why can't we remember that we have a common enemy? We all do. Which is Satan. He's always throwing those fiery darts. Try to knock us down to our feet. And for some reason, every single time things get starting to get hard, we stay away from the church. And we stop, when we stop seeing a brethren or brother here at the church, and we visit him and we ask him, is everything okay? No, I'm going through this, uh, this problem. I'm going through this difficult time. Something's going on with my family. Something's going on with me. Then why not look for the only God that can set us free from everything? Why not look for the God that can protect us? That can help us. Why? Why do we do that all the time? I want to keep reading, okay? Um, verse 17. While he was still speaking, another mess- messenger came to and said, The Chaldeans came, formed three raid, three raid parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servant to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your, son, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the, old brother, at the old brother's house. The older brother's house, brother. Uh, and you, and when suddenly a mighty wind swept in front of the desert struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them and they, and they are dead. Am I the only one who has escaped to tell you? 
I'm sorry if I stutter a little bit. I'm, I'm using the bilingual Bible. I was about to read in Spanish <laughs> a little bit, so uh, I had to correct myself. Huh? So we read in the story that problem after problem after problem is happening to Job. And it has happened to us before. We have been in difficult situations. I know we have. For some of us, it's, very, it's been a very difficult year. We're barely in March. But it's going to happen. It has to happen. That is the only way that we grow. That is the only way, the only way that we can gain strength. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something. I know you have read the book of Acts, and we read in the book of Acts how the church in Jerusalem was, was growing and growing and growing and growing. It says that in the first, the first time the, 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 the gospel was preached, about 3,000 people were baptized. Then if you keep reading, it tells you that 5,000 people believe in God and were added to the church as well. So you can only imagine how big the church in Jerusalem was, right? You can only imagine how big it was. How strong it was. So the church was, was getting strong, but that was, not the, that, that was not the command that God had given them. If you read a Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, and if you go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, it says, go into all the nations and make disciples. Baptize in the name of the, in the, name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Do you remember that? They weren't doing that. They were staying in Jerusalem. So what happened? Do you remember what happened? Great persecution came among the Christians, so they all had to spread out. And as they were spreading out, they were preaching the gospel to every single place they were going to. So every time something bad happens, there's only two possibilities here. Whether the Christian disappears doesn't want to follow God anymore, doesn't want to follow Jesus Christ anymore, oh, he becomes stronger. And which one do you want to be? Which one do I want to be? Do I want to be the one that stops following God? Or do I want to be the one that becomes stronger? I want to read chapter verse and verse 20 and 20, uh, 20 and 21, all right? This, this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground and, wor- and worshipped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Verse 22. And all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Not once in chapter 1 did Job blame God for anything that was going on. Not once. Now I want to ask you real quick. How many times have we blamed God for something that is going on in our lives? Being completely honest here. How many times have we, have we said, why? Why God? Why are you doing this to me? Not once did Job did that. 
And the problems never stopped there, okay? That was not the end of the problem. I want to read verse uh, 7 on chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of, the, of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. So not only was he losing everything around him, not only did he lose his, his family, his, uh, his material things, not only that, he was losing his health as well. And the only thing he could do was set him on the ashes and scrape himself. You can only imagine what the pain that he was going through. How painful it must have been. Okay? Uh, verse 9, his wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. So every time we're going through some, through some difficult times, you know, and, and, and you're still coming to church, you're still worshiping God, you're still serving God, and somebody comes to you and says, are you still going to church? Even after everything that you're going through, you're still going to church? You're still praising your God? Really? Are you still willing to put up with all of this? Is it not enough? Because there are going to be people that are going to be questioning that. I cannot believe this. You, you go to church every time. You still worship Him. And you're still willing to go to church after all these things that are happening to you? Verse 10, he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And all this Job did not sin in what he had, in what he had said. I, I, I like the part when, when Job is like, you're talking like a foolish woman. <laughs> Can't say that to my wife. <laughs> it will not end well for me. But, um, but it is true. You're going to have people around you questioning why are you still attending church? Why are you still worshiping God if everything that is going on around you? Why can't you just blame God for everything that is going on? Or why can you still believe in a God when you're still going through suffering? Right? There's going to be people that are going to be questioning that. So you can do the same thing Job said. You're talking like a foolish woman or a foolish man. You have no idea what you're talking about. Because when I became a Christian, I knew very well that it was not going to be easy. As a matter of fact, being a Christian is one of the hardest things you can ever do. Because doing the right thing is never the easy thing to do. It's never the easy thing to do. You know... When you're part of the world, the world, when you're a person that doesn't come to church, that doesn't have Christ in their hearts, uh, you learn different things. You learn that if somebody hits you, you have to hit them back. If somebody did something to you, you have to do something to them as well. But when you become a Christian, the first thing that they tell you if somebody does something to you, pray for them. Pray for them. Help them. In any way possible. If you, some, if you have someone that thinks that you're their enemy, so be it. Don't look at them like, like your enemies as well. Doing the right thing, it's never the easy thing to do. 
And as we sit here, I can tell you how the story of Job ended. You can know that very well. You can go to the very end of the book and read how he ended. There was a point where he actually gave in. There was a point where he actually questioned God for everything that was going on. There is a point where God asked him, why are you questioning me? Why? Did I ever ask you for permission for, to do anything? Did I ever ask for your approval when I created the heavens and the earth? Why would I have to ask for your permission? Why would, I, why would you question me? That was pretty much what God was saying, right? So at the end of, at, at the, end of the story, what we find out is that at the, in, in, at the end of the story is that Job was blessed twice as much as what he had before. If he had 500 animals, he ended up having 1,000. At the beginning, we find out he had seven children. But at the end of the story, he had 14. So I can tell you how the story of Job ends. You can read it in your Bible. But that's not what we're questioning here. What we're questioning here is, how is your story going to end? Because... Problems are going to happen every single part of your life. There's never an end to it. When you get out of one, there's going to be another one. And another one. And another one. But what I also know, what I'm also sure of, is that we have a God that is in our side every single time. 24-7. Working on our side. We have a God that never gives, gives up on us. We have a God that is always looking after us. We have a God that when our strength, when we don't have any more strength, He gives us the strength to continue, to keep fighting. And if you're going through your life with some difficult problems right now, there's a thing that I can tell you. If you, get, if you have a notebook, if you have a pad, if you can write on something real quick. I want you to write all your problems on one side and write all your blessings on the other side. I will guarantee it 100% you will have more blessings than problems. But for some reason, we always let the problems weigh in more than our blessings. Don't do that. We have a God that gives us everything that we need. Not everything that we ask for. Because there's things that we ask that we don't need. He gives us everything that we need to continue in this life. And at the end of the day, the promise of God is not to have a good life here, but to have an eternal life after we're done. That is the promise. And every time times look difficult, just remember that promise. Because we have a God that keeps his promises. And if you're, you're here today with us and you haven't been baptized, you haven't been added to the church of the Lord, today is the opportunity to do it. I'm not here to tell you that your life will come, more, it will come easier. But I will tell you this, you will have a God by your side that will fight those battles for you, that will fight those battles with you. So today is the opportunity to do it. 
Let's get up as we, we sing this song of invitation.